0: There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro
1: wrestling.
2: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass.
1: Bret screwed Bret.
2: Die, Rocky die. Suck it!
0: Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era.
3: Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE. With new interviews, with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history.
2: Listen now. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
1: Welcome to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solik, and Craig Wohlbeck. And we are coming to you every Tuesday and Thursday to talk everything NFL Draft. And as always, NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. That's where our Ringer NFL Draft Guide is. DK's Big Board, DK's Mock Draft, my team needs. Everything is up there. Great stuff. NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. Okay, enough plugs. We're doing a mailbag. Thank you to everyone who emailed us. RingerFantasyFootball.Gmail.com or tweeted us, whatever. We We like hearing from you. We're going to go right into it. We got an email from Will who asked about will, the Bucs. Will. Will. Yeah. Will. Obligatory. Will. He asked about the Bucks without Bruce Arians. So Bruce Arians re- re- retired, got promoted up, pushed out secretly <laughs> by Tom Brady. I don't really know what yeah. the correct phrase is, but will asks: are the Bucs better, worse or the same with Bruce Arians stepping down as head coach or stepping up? I don't know. DK Solak, who wants to take that first?
4: I can go. Uh, I would say the same-ish. I would think it probably doesn't make a huge difference, honestly, because I think Brady is going to be the one that's running uh, the show, obviously, with Byron Lef- Lefwich, um calling the offense. And, and I think that's not going to really change all that much. And then defensively, uh, you're still going to have Bulls running the, 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 the defense. And so, like to me, the big picture thing is maybe, I don't know, he sets a different culture in the locker room or whatever in terms of Arians and what he brings to the table but I think really like day-to-day operations is probably not all that different so like what do you
5: think? Right I think that you like I think it, Lancer has to be worse just because Bruce Arians was there and they were really good and now he's not and like maybe they won't be Right, I don't think it's likely that they won't be you know I mean it's just, like once you introduce uncertainty then like the average outcome right if you like simulate it a thousand times is probably worse but Todd Bowles, has head coaching experience, he was running the whole defense for years. Byron Leftwich was calling the offense. I think, like, the Sunday operations stay, like, as far as making head coaching change, like, as static, as smooth of a transition as you'll, like, ever see in the league. Monday to Saturday is the thing that's, that's just the question mark, right? You just don't know. Like, there's, like, Bruce, for all I know, could have just been, like, Monday through Saturday, just, like, You know, coming in like late by NFL coach standards. You know, having like a a noon cocktail. You know what I mean? Like it could have been the (laughs) ship was just running itself because coordinators were so good and Brady was so good. But you don't really know what a guy was doing, like smoothing over frustrations, right? Right, Like dealing with Jason Pierre-Paul, who's probably like really you know frustrated he's not playing as well. He's getting old. Like you just don't know what what head coaching politics stuff were going on, and you lose that. And to me, that introduces some uncertainty. So like worse. Because it kind of has to be, but in terms of transitions, this is as 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 good of one as I think you're going to see.
4: Arians in his po- in his presser that was announcing like his retirement or whatever quote unquote retirement, even though he's going into the front office. Um, at his presser, he was like, "I didn't do shit." <laughs> like he was just yeah. thanking all the coaches and everything around him for
1: all the staff he was around playing him playing nine basically- holes every
5: morning. That's why he's so <laughs> damn red. And he this is what the, the, said that. This is what he's been talking about, though. Yeah.
1: This this There's the elephant in the room here. I mean, Bill Simmons said three or four weeks ago in his pod, like, Mm -hmm. Brady may not want to play for Bruce Arians anymore and look for Bruce Arians to leave in the next month. And when Bill said that, I was like, no way that that's happening. And he was right. (laughs) And so, I I mean, like, we can sit here and be like, oh, Bruce, you know, he's old. Look, he put together a great staff. He's stepping on the top. Does Brady want him gone or what? Because it really seems like now that we see in retrospect, Tom Brady was in the Glazers box at that Manchester United game because they own both teams. Yeah, the day before he, anou- he announced that he was coming back, it's like it kind of seems like he wanted Bruce Arians to not be the head coach of this team.
4: Oh, did we not? Did we already not say that? Yes, that's clear. Um, <laughs> I feel like we probably buried the we we buried the lead on that a little bit, but yes, that's what happened.
5: <laughs> I, okay, I don't like the thing is like I think that might be true, but I also think that it's not like an animosity. Like I don't right, know. I think it's probably right. like. Brady's like, you know, I like I'd like somebody else. Like whatever, yada yada. Bruce is like, okay. Like, like, like Bruce, like the the Bruce took the job because he knew Brady was coming and it was an opportunity to hang out in Tampa, nice weather, win a Super Bowl. He did that. So I don't think Brady was like, I don't want Bruce as my coach. Or Bruce was like, oh, I want to still be the coach. I think Bruce was like, mm. Sure, this works. Like, you know, they got you know. I still think gonna it's make like, a lot yeah, of money. Like yeah. if, if, the whole reason we're doing this right now is Tom. And so, like, if like I'm not gonna be here, like I'm not trying to coach. Still, like the Bruce, the reason one of the reasons why Todd Bowles and Byron left, which were so empowered is because Bruce is in his late sixties and just done everything that he needs to do and doesn't really feel the need to like be really running a ship anymore. So, like, <laughs> I like I don't I, like I don't I, if that were if that's what happened, like Brady didn't want Bruce to be the coach. I don't think it was. It probably wasn't like a. Like there was a thing with animosity would be my guess. I
4: think, I think that's right. I think that's the context that is important. It's not like they hate each other, but I do think Brady was the reason that Arians is retiring slash going into the front office. Does so he's basically sense?
1: saying that he was too old and he had his foot out the door and he wasn't putting in the time necessary because you're saying it's not a personal thing. It's kind yeah. of implying, well, it's professional. He wasn't a good coach anymore. Like, I, I get that everyone likes Bruce Arians and there's a great big desire to be polite about this. But Tom Brady basically, we're basically saying Tom Brady didn't think he was good enough to be a coach. Is that what we're saying here?
5: I'd say that thing is like, I don't know if, it, if it's that good. Like enough I think it's not the right word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I far be it from me to read into Tom Brady's actions and try to understand the man because we've been doing (laughs) that for 24 years unsuccessfully. Um, So I don't, I don't really know. Like, like, listen, I bet you in terms of how Brady operates and like, you know, like 6am avocados Mm -hmm. and for Bruce to be like as chill as he was, Brady probably is just like, that's not how I like to do things.
4: I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I agree. But and I think just he, proof, is in the, proof of the pudding is in the eating for me. Bruce Arians is a good coach. Nothing Tom Brady thinks or says would make me believe otherwise. 100%. And I want to be clear about that, too. I think it's more just like a personality.
4: It's also uh,
0: funny that at the end difference. of your football career, like Tom Brady, you it is almost the exact opposite as the end of your football career as Bruce Arians, where Bruce Arians can show up at noon and leave at 5. And Tom Brady has to do the exact opposite, where to be able to play at 45, your entire life has to be dedicated to keeping your body right. right. And so right. perhaps, yeah, those philosophies just didn't work together.
1: Well, I actually think that might be a part of it. Bruce Arians actually said to Peter King on NBC, uh, "What today's Thursday? I think Wednesday when this came out." He, and he, Bruce Arians, literally said to Peter King, "I don't have to worry about how many cocktails I have on Saturday <laughs> night."
4: <laughs> what a legend. I love guy. Arians, nice. dude. His vibes are great. His vibes exactly. are excellent. Dude,
0: he's seventy or sixty-nine years old. He's old.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always so old. He's too old. <laughs> he's so old. <laughs> Look, Look at him. He's too, too old.
0: old. Balls. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got a we got another we got an email from Liam here. Liam. Liam. Liam Liam says Liam. without top tier quarterbacks in this draft do you foresee many trades in the draft will teams mm-hmm. like the Lions and Texans be forced to stay put due to minimal interest in the top of the draft
5: Great question yeah uh, right way to think about things and I think the answer is no because of like the 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 thread that you're talking about there Liam which is that without quarterback demand there's no Oh, like we really like this guy but we can move down without like a like really star talent at the other positions too. Like the edge class is good, but there's no real 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 star. off the tackle class, we said the same thing. Corner class, no like star, star star. Just don't think you're gonna see big movement uh, in the top ten. I think why risk losing that extra second or that extra third or that extra swing at the plate in order to go get a guy when you're just not that gung- ho about him? The exception is, If Malik spirals into the Steelers' range. And I think if we see Malik get into the late single digits, early teens, you're going to see the Steelers make a big package for Malik. That would be the only big trade that I would expect. But like this whole like Detroit takes Malik Willis at two thing, to me, that's all like somebody come make us a trade offer sort of a thing. (laughs) Like I think they're trying to drum up business. Uh, I agree
4: with that. I think you're right exactly in terms of. It feels like the inflection point in the draft, which is normally like two, three, four, like the the number the picks two, three, and four or whatever after what happens with the first couple is now like, okay, what's gonna happen at eight, nine, ten, eleven? Um, I saw I heard Daniel Jeremiah said this, and he's very plugged into to the league and, and coaches and, and front office people. And he was saying he's not he's not gonna be surprised at all if the Jets trade back from ten. So keep that in mind. Um obviously a million things have to happen for that to, for that to be the case. But, like, I could see the Seahawks trade back, too, if they decide they want to get even more draft capital out of number nine. Um, you know, Ben, I po- I post- posited this, like, a while ago. And the idea that maybe trading up and down in this draft will be cheaper than in normal years because there are no elite blue-chip talents to, like, trade around for... Um, and you you thought that was wrong, and I actually and now I'm thinking like maybe teams won't do it because they don't want to change like the status quo of like what it costs to move around. Does that make sense? So like, they're not going to do it at a discount, and therefore they
5: just won't do it. I could see it becoming cheaper, like on draft day. You know what I yeah, mean? I could see yeah. like where you should have one off on the table, the draft didn't fall your way, and you just go because teams like I say the class isn't that good. Like oh, the edge class isn't that great. But that's not going to stop the Giants from falling crazy in love with Jermaine Johnson for like right. no, not like for no reason. Jermaine's good year happens, yeah. But like that happens, right? And then you, that guy fall, like he doesn't fall to you, and you're like, frick, let's get out this pick. And it's like, dude, just draft Thibodeau, like he's good. And they're like, no, we love Jermaine, he can't get over it. So I can see it happening on draft day. Um, but yeah, I just think it's going to be a quiet trade market. I think teams are going to want to see what other teams do um, as the draft falls, and that's true. For quarterbacks and for non-quarterbacks, because right now there's so much uncertainty, even after pick number one, that if you are the Giants with pick nine, right? Right, Heifetz, they got nine, or is it the, uh, the, the, New- New- and and the Jets? The Jets. Okay, three. Jets have nine. This whole two New York teams in the top ten is really throwing me for a loop. New I did New not sign 10. up for this. Yeah, yeah. They got too many picks, too many whatever. New
1: York has the 40% of the top ten. And it is a little Yeah, weird. I
5: don't like it. So the Jets have 10. Uh the Jets are at 10. The Jets want cave on Thibodeau there's a legit chance Thibodeau's there at 10 there's also a legit chance Thibodeau goes at two so the Jets the Jets aren't moving off 10 until they see where Thibodeau goes and even then oh shoot Ikeaquanto is falling you know what I mean like they're like if we get movement it's going to be on draft day right before picks because there's so much uncertainty right now top 10.
1: I agree but I, I guess overall every single time we talk about trades with this year's draft it's always just everyone wants to trade down. It's the Lions right. want to move down That's from two. The Texans want to move down from three. The Seahawks want to move down from nine. The Jets want to move down from ten. No one wants to move up. Like, the only teams that are desperate enough to move up to get a quarterback really seems to be the Panthers. That on, that seems to be the only team. And even the GM, Scott Federer, is out here being like, you know, there's no great quarterback this year. Do we take a quarterback or a left tackle? I don't know. That doesn't sound like a dude taking a quarterback in the top six. Like, I, I don't really understand who the teams are that would be moving up. And even if the team's... Do want to move up? It's not that easy. I I, I don't know. I I I feel like there will. There, there's a chance. There's less trades in the first round this year than there have been in a really yeah. really long time. So I think it's a good question. Okay, next up, we got an email from Drew. Drew, Drew, Drew. I love this. Oh, one. Drew? Drew asks, "What's your favorite NFL draft memory in terms of off-script live TV fun? Has the draft ever had like a Will Smith moment?
4: Laramie Tunsil bong hit." Was absolutely an the correct answer. Just an yes. all timer. The gas mask bong hit. I mean, come on, that's like straight out of like Arrested Development script or something. Um, and it did make him drop too, which is crazy. Like he was supposed to be the top three pick or something like that, and he dropped all the way down mm-hmm. to I can't remember what it was, ten or eleven. Um, and so that one was crazy. The other one that came to my mind, Heifetz, that I think we I've talked to you about this was don't how,
5: take this from me. I probably if you am have- not gonna.
4: I don't think I'm gonna. Okay. It was during the pandemic draft. And Roger Goodell, I think, threw his back out at some point during the broadcast. <laughs> yes, that because was Because he very kept good. getting more and more comfortable and more awkward sitting in his chair. He wouldn't even get up to announce like the, the picks after a little while. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is the man who has thrown out his back. Because I've experienced that. That's exactly the posture you sit in when you've thrown out your back. <laughs> and so maybe I manufactured that, but theory. I think it's real.
1: Can we get Joe Rogan to talk about this? We need to like elevate this. This isn't really talked about enough that Roger Goodell might have thrown out his back during the draft. <laughs> It's
5: just like lounging in the chair. Seems like he had a so couple weird.
1: cocktails, and he's like, I'm just going to sit. Yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> like, no, I feel like sitting, a it's a sitting time. Now, now is sit time. The single best NFL draft moment that will never, ever, ever be topped ever is Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle out of Alabama, live on television. And anybody who doesn't know Quinnen, Quinnen is like a... He's just a kid in a big man's body. Like he was 20 years old in this draft. He
4: literally has braces or had braces. 20, he had track.
5: braces at the time. <laughs> he's just like a fun loving dude. He lo- loved to joke, love to goof around. He's just like a happy, fun dude to be around. And he's just goofy. And this was this was when um uh, They played Oklahoma in the semifinal like a couple months previous, and they were asking him about the offense, and he was basically just like about playing Oklahoma, and he basically like started to say like they don't like Oklahoma's bad and they don't care and they know they're going to beat them, and like halfway through his answer realized what he was doing and just cut himself off, and then did not follow up. Just was like, yeah, no, we're not really scared (laughs) about nothing, no like (laughs) just Just nothing, right? So this is Quinton's experience on the mic. He's getting interviewed (laughs) during the draft. And he sneezes, and he can tell he's going to sneeze. Like he starts like trail off. He's like da da da, da, da and then ah, achoo, and then he goes, "Bless you, thank you," to himself. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, he sneezed, and then said, "Bless <laughs> you." He and blessed then himself. Said, thank you, and then continued with his answer. And it was the That's single like, greatest you, you thing are, I am, I have ever seen <laughs> on television ever. Just bless you, thank you. And that's why I'm going to be a really good <laughs> player in the NFL. It's amazing. I'll never... He has uh, split personalities. Yeah. Yes. Icon. God, that's so good. So Google, really Quinn and Williams, answer. bless you, thank you, if you've never seen this before. It is, <laughs> Can we drop that clip just, Yeah, in here, yeah, correct? yeah. I'll play, our talent. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, yeah, good deal. I had a hard work on uh, the dedication of different uh, character things. Uh, listen, thank
5: you that I got here, so... Those, that was a good one. I completely forgot about that. That's a, that's a deep that. cut. I, I also had
1: Laramie Tunsil the gas mask.
5: Yeah, yeah, because that well, was the actual correct answer. But Quentin is the that's the indie answer. Yeah, that's the yeah, <laughs> exactly.
4: Yeah. I feel like this year, something crazy has to happen just to like being on brand with the 2020s in general. Just something weird as hell is going to happen during. The
5: is it season. in Vegas? Are they still do the boat thing like they are set up for. for oh, for my this. God. I forgot about the, Y'all boat, forget stuff. About the boat. Oh, my All right, God. So I don't know Vegas, but there's an area that's a fountain. Yeah, and
1: yeah. The there's a big fountain. Originally, this was a ringer obsession before the pandemic in the before, like one of the last ringer obsessions in the before times was that they were going to do the draft in Vegas and they were going to, at first we thought they were going to walk the like up on the stage to the water, but they're going to do like the red carpet for the draft, walk on water, like with boats, like you're going to have to get on a boat and like, you know, like a, like a, not a canoe with a gondola at like the Venetian or whatever, or the blot, whichever one has the fountain, and like the you plush. have to paddle, or someone's going like to so, like paddle instead you of just to like the the walking stage, up
5: on the stage, you got to walk up onto a boat, and then the boat's got to take you to yeah. the stage, which is yeah. just a nightmare logistically, and also just begging <laughs> 360 pounds of Evan Neal. No, 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 360 pounds of Jordan Davis to just eat it in the Venetian fountain. It would be horrible. There's your, be there's your best draft moment of all time. That's perfect. Yes. Can
1: you, who, who's the funniest player to fall, that could fall in the water this year?
5: <laughs> jordan davis
1: yeah it's definitely jordan Absolutely.
5: davis <laughs> like jordan davis who's 360 ran a 484 or whatever the heck it was just simply one of the most athletic people that's ever existed just like at the pinnacle of his professional career just eats it in a fountain that there was no reason for him to be in at any given time the ultimate Best power content, move would maybe. be
1: jumping out of the water like that prospects <laughs> right. who jump out of pools <laughs> to prove they're really athletic all right that's really good okay related steve tweeted us i don't steve Steve. dan i don't know his twitter handle was one name his name was the other. i don't know what your
5: name is steve Steve, dan whatever steve or dan steve and dan steve dan 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 steve dan 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 steve (laughs) gabe dave
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) lucky if you could pick one nfl personality a coach a player an owner whatever to slap another personality during the super bowl who would you choose and why i think there's an extremely obvious answer to this that's correct
4: during oh, the really? Super Bowl. An, During the Super like, like,
1: instead answer? of the Oscars, like this giant televised moment we're all watching Super Bowl, championship game, whatever. Like, like someone slaps someone else in the NFL world. Because I think there's an obvious answer. All right. What is it, Heifetz? It's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. If Tom Brady, for whatever reason, <laughs> slapped, <laughs> I don't care if they're playing each other or the same team, if Tom Brady slapped Bill Belichick like Will Smith hit Chris Rock, that would be the most incredible moment of my entire life in sports, bar none.
0: I was going to say that during the Ravens-Niners Super Bowl, it would have been really funny if Jim slapped John Harbaugh and they, they kind of started to fight.
4: <laughs> just,
1: yeah, just that's how he goes like in
5: the Super Bowl, right? Gives him, like, puts him
4: around his, gives him a headlock
1: and noogies him. That would be good. That's yeah. good. Oh, wait. I just realized that it backwards. Bill Belichick should be hitting Tom Brady. That would be really funny. Yeah.
4: I put Mike Tomlin slapping Ben Roethlisberger just
5: for, just for all the <laughs> for all the years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for all the Buyer years of service
5: yes. that he had to. <laughs> My first thought was a keep to leave Michael Crabtree. Oh, I had so that. Let's, 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 let's restoke the yes. chain snatching drama. I all almost right? put that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which that's the thing is like, I think it has to be a player I think it's got to be maybe two players but it's got to be a player because they're always wearing helmets so they never you get slap a player you're an idiot because right. you're slapping a helmet you're dumb so if we're a no helmet situation and it's just a keep walks up in his like right now in his broadcasting suit walks up to <laughs> Michael Crabtree who's like on the sideline for some reason just bang we just do that like bring that whole drama back Sherman Crabtree also acceptable oh yeah that's what i'm talking Here's, about Michael speaking a lot of, of people sherman slap. uh
4: trent williams one time after the seahawks i believe beat washington in a playoff game sh- like smushed richard sherman's face it was like kind of like a push oh, smush the joan yeah, howard kind of like smush. a slap do you remember this joan howard you're right yeah
0: wait what Joan Howard. Yeah, uh, he oh. he smushed somebody. It wasn't a okay. slap. It wasn't a punch. It
5: was an open hand smush. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> okay. We smush. need we need <laughs> to bring smush into the lexicon because yes. punching That's a man a good is very word bad. For the face shove. Yes. Yeah. Punching a man is very bad. Slapping a man is a little bit better, but still bad. Smushing a man. <laughs> it feels like this gray area needs to be acknowledged because it really is.
4: Um, I had one more that came to mind. <laughs> And this this came to mind because it felt like as the season went <laughs> on, Mike Zimmer got more and more just angry and angry and mad yes. and just surly, curmudgeonly. I want to see Mike Zimmer slap mm. Kirk Cousins and then yell, right. "You like that?"
5: <laughs> the other one I had, the other one I had was uh elite quarterback after a game-winning drive slaps Place kicker who messes up field goal slash extra point and actually oh. the game. Oh. Right. I don't That's care cute. who what it is. I don't care if it's Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, whatever. Like Mason Crosby was terrible this year. Just imagine like Crosby blows one of those game winning field goals and Rogers just calmly walks off the sideline. Crosby's like jogging back over, like head hanging down, whatever, like tough one. He expects <sighs> to get like a pat Slaps. on the butt. Like it's all right, buddy, good job. And Rogers just open hand. Bang! Get it together, baby. That was my MVP moment, which he's still an MVP, but still that imagine- was must be an acceptable one.
4: Imagine instead of the head coach handshake, it's just a slap. Like they pull their hand out at the last second,
1: slap. Yeah.
4: You can't grab your face, you just <laughs> have to endure it. Or smush.
1: <laughs> I like the smush. I think an underrated part of NFL culture is that the really big guys, the D linemen and the offensive linemen, really don't respect smaller people. Like they really like they <laughs> don't really think they're equal. Theory, like yeah. The, yeah. If you're like a foot you're like hundred pounds short, like they love that late,
0: Randy like, Newman song, short people. Yeah. It's their just, song. They
1: don't. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply.
3: We got another one from John.
1: John. John. John a. Jack. I love this. This is a thoughtful question. John says, when watching tape to evaluate prospects from smaller schools or schools from worse conferences, how do you separate out what will carry over to the NFL level? Away from what t- away from the obvious tools like size or speed. Because when I watch Kayvon Thibodeau go up against Pac-12 tackles, or last year watching Trey Lance juke future middle school gym teachers from central Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, I can't, that's funny. I can't help but think of guys like Alabama cornerback Patrick Sertain having to cover Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in the SEC and how vast the talent levels between the top-tier college football teams and every other type of team are, and how big they are. And yeah. that messes with my own personal evaluations of players. So how heavily does the competition level in college weigh in the evaluation of college prospects? We can start with you, DK.
4: I mean, I think the simple answer is a lot. Like, it matters. It obviously matters. I think there's very many logical reasons for it to matter. The level of competition thing is going to be a massive, you know, going from college football to the NFL in general, but then going from a smaller conference against worse competition going up into the NFL is is a massive, massive difference. Um, Which was always kind of my question Last year, at this time last year, it was pretty much locked in that uh, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance were QB two and three. And I never quite understood why Justin Fields was never in that conversation for not not to mention three, but two. Like, why is Zach Wilson all of a sudden the locked-in guy at number two? Obviously, time will tell how all these guys pan out. None of them really played well in their uh, rookie year. So we'll, I think the book is the jury is still out on all those guys. But... the Going from like for in Zach Wilson's case, like going from a, a lower level competition where he's his offensive line is absolutely just fucking dominating in front of him. He's sitting back there, standing for like ten seconds, can scan the field, do whatever he wants, launching bombs, and going to the NFL where you're playing for the Jets and your protections breaking down almost immediately and blah blah blah. Like that is a massive massive difference, and that's something that you have to take into account with all these small school guys. It's why, for instance, a guy like Sky Moore is a very intriguing receiver prospect. He's probably going to go off the board in the second round, but of course he is, um, you know, he's playing a a much lower level division or uh, conference. Um, Hasn't seen the type of uh, competition at corner that you're going to see at the NFL level. So you have to like, I guess, just bake in this huge, huge jump. And it really does just come back to, I know John mentioned this, but like the obvious physical tools are the main thing that you can really think of. But then I think you do have to just, you know, dock these guys just a little bit for playing at a lower level. I don't know how you really do it. There's, it's not, it's not necessarily something that like is super scientific.
5: You just kind of have to account for it. So, like, how would you answer that? It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. So, I think I've talked about this before, but like a good way of thinking about draft decision making is guardrails, right? Like, we, we can do anything within these guardrails. We can make decisions, we can make judgments, but like we have guardrails and we won't go outside of them. So, there's, there's things that I think are, are inevitably true about. Level of competition. One is that if you are a small school player, which to me is like a couple, like some of the Group of Fives, depending on the conference, right? Like I would say, like Houston, Cincinnati, these aren't really small schools, um, but like small school player, it's like you know FCS level, Division Three, whatever. You better dominate, and that's where like a Christian Watson is really interesting to me. Uh, I would not say that Christian Watson at North Dakota State, the wide receiver, might go round one. Dominated when I watch him on tape. I would not say that he. Like, when I say dominate, I'm not talking about, like, stats. I'm talking about, like, do you just, like, could you take any football fan, make them watch this film, and go, that's the NFL player. With Watson, he's got the size, so maybe. But I wouldn't say he dominates. I wouldn't say that he's always open. I wouldn't say he's always breaking tackles, always making catches, whatever. So lower level, you better dominate if I'm going to trust you. That's where you get, like, a Trey Lance at three. Is because that guy just mowed over kids, right, when he was running the ball. He just threw it beyond where safeties could get to. He's clearly a different class. Yeah, he looked like he was a totally different level than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other guardrail is that in the SEC it just means more. And that is legit. Like, that's a meme, but that's legit, right? The Patrick Sertan thing is a great example. Uh, we know Sertan was covering NFL guys, because we were drafting the guys he covered. We were drafting them very high. <laughs> like, right. like we, we, it, it, it was more clear than watching who else in that class. Uh, Horn was also SEC. Uh, Asante Samuel playing at Florida State. In the ACC, yeah, it's just not the same. Right, and so the SEC means more. That's one guardrail. And the other guardrail is if you're a small school, guy, you got to dominate. Outside of that, okay, Kevon Thibodeau plays in the Pac-12. It certainly matters because he sees like you know less true five tech alignments, like true outside alignments, and he did. But there's still enough reps that if you watch all of them, and teams can just like you know use use uh, PFF sorting, use like all you know the services they use, and get all the reps where he's lined up in the in the role they expect to use him in. Watch those reps and say, "All right, it's a Pac-12 recruit that he's facing. Like, that's good enough. Like, we we feel confident enough in this. You're going to see some programs, right? Some NFL teams draft a lot more from like the SEC and the Big Ten than other uh, teams, right? The Eagles are really willing to draft from the Pac-12, where other team other teams aren't because they don't trust that as much, right? So there's right. there's flexibility in there that goes within your team, but once you're like play played a power five. You played at a good group of five. You got some reps against the power five teams. You played in a conference championship. There's usually enough reps to figure out what you're about. A rough reps against real guys, real competition to be like, I can trust this guy or I can't. And so in general, level of competition matters in terms of big buckets. But I think it gets a little bit over, over discussed when it comes to like really granular stuff.
1: All right. Completely switching gears. We have a question from Ellie. 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 It's about fighting kids. In regards. <laughs> All right, Ellie. To the Ole Miss Coming quarterback, Matt Corral. Matt Corral having to transfer high schools because he got in a fight with Wayne Gretzky's son. Which is great. Which professional athlete's kid would you most like to fight while in mm-hmm. high school?
0: I got one. Craig, give it to well, us. I have, I have a bit of a true story.
5: Oh, <laughs>
0: yes. wow. Uh, is, okay. okay.
5: Austin first So there's, it's <laughs> mostly a lie and there's a
0: little bit of truth and got to find it. All right, go. I didn't actually fight this kid. And he's he does, he's not gonna remember me, but I remember him because he's the son of a famous athlete. Uh, Chris Mullen's son, Chris Mullen Jr. Oh wow. I used to play CYO basketball against him. I was on St. Raymond's and he was on St. Isidore's. And I hated that kid. I hated the way he played. <laughs> he was one of those like kind of like flashy point guards. You know, he he was doing like the behind the back passing. We were like in like seventh grade. We you get know, it. Your dad's uh, in the NBA. We get it. Your dad's in the NBA and he would always beat us. St. Isidore was always like the tippity top. They were like the Yankees of CYO and St. Raymond's. We were just like the underdogs trying to like scrape by. And um, yeah, man, if I had another whack at it back when I was young, (laughs) who knows?
4: You know, maybe I would have smushed him. (laughs) Smush. Did he have like a flat top like his dad and all that?
0: He had long hair and it would be like kind of in like a thing. But now his hair is buzzed as he got older. He buzzed it. (laughs) That's hilarious. This Um, is not an athlete
1: and this is not about the events of this week, but I've always wanted to fight Jaden Smith. Okay. <laughs> nothing okay, to do oh, this week. Always. I just don't like his son. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. Holy shit. He's an icon living, dude. He just loves to talk about how great homeschooling it is. And he's like, kids, you shouldn't go to school. And I'm like, you know what, man? Kids. I don't know if that's the best advice. <laughs>
0: That's funny. I like that. You just have a personal disdain for Jaden Smith. I I like like how that's a real example.
4: I took this into the hypothetical realm because I pictured myself being back in high school. And then I pictured people in the NFL now whose kids I would imagine are annoying. And the first person that came to mind is Joe Flacco. (laughs) What the hell has Joe Flacco ever done to you? (laughs) I don't know. He has an annoying kid in my mind. Who is like a bully in high school? DK said, as a father, everyone.
5: I can read into whose kids are annoying, and Joe Flacco's kids are annoying. Yeah, just my, my Flacco's my kids
4: think their shit don't stink. I'm sick of it, Joe. Your son is a dick. I actually don't know if he has <laughs> oh kids my or not. Goodness. I'm just, dude. It's all hypothetical. Would you feel this if you didn't <laughs> have the it's five like o'clock mouth shadow? Right now,
1: he's shocked at like- me. When Flacco had the five o'clock shadow, it completely changed how we thought of him. It was like bad boy Joe.
0: <laughs> it would be really funny to to power rank whose kids we think would
4: suck, <laughs>
0: whose, <laughs> whose fake
4: kids suck. Also,
0: also Jay Cutler, I mean,
1: Jay
4: Cutler's fake eighteen year old son that I go to high school with is annoying as fuck. I feel
0: like Philip Rivers, like the one of the middle kids in Philip Rivers, is the black sheep of the annoying. family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kid four. Statistically,
1: sucks. one of the Rivers kids has to suck. <laughs> the black swan of children <laughs> Like there has to be one <laughs> oh my god okay that was statistically speaking yeah okay all right so like do you want to fight anyone
5: yeah so i was in high school from 2011 2015 and i was in high school in northeastern pennsylvania and i was an eagles fan and like i would say about 50 percent of the people in that area were eagles fans but because we were so close to jersey and to new york the other 50 percent were would be new york fans Mm-hmm. And this, so like, this was off of two, like, like Eli won his second Super Bowl my freshman year. And I just remember all of the Giant fans being so annoying. They were the Eagles divisional rivals. And I knew, even then I knew that Eli wasn't actually that good. Like, now that I cover this professionally, I'm like, yo, Eli sucked. But, like, when I was in high school, I was like, yo, Eli <laughs> sucked. And, like, that was just, it's like, Eagles vibes. Mad. Uh, i I would have fought Eli Manning's kid. Because the Giants fans pissed me off so much. I would fight nobody. But the Giants fans pissed me off so much, and I was so mad that the Giants kept winning Super Bowls, and they kept beating the Patriots, and the Eagles lost to the Patriots. That 18-year-old Ben, in in his in the pinnacle of his Eagles-obsessive fandom, would have seen Eli Manning's kid with his little Eli Manning forehead, his little Eli Manning facial expressions. Daniel Jones. If I went to high school with Daniel Jones, because he's Eli Manning's son, I would have fought him. There you go.
4: Just picture Arch Manning, five-star quarterback, coming out of high school right now. Uh, yeah. I think, is he Cooper's son? I don't know. Yeah, if he's yeah. I think so. Yeah.
5: The problem <laughs> is, I wasn't Cooper tall enough it. in high school to reach Arch Manning's face. <laughs> a little too elevated <laughs> <laughs> for you. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ago, he he, he would, would smush you. Yeah. Yeah. He would smush me.
1: <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah. Did uh, we decide who would win all these fights? By the way, we'd be losing to all these.
1: I would lose. fight like Jaden Smith. He's like five seven.
4: <laughs> <laughs> is he that small?
0: Will Smith is huge. Is Jaden Smith small? I don't.
1: I guess when you Google the height of yeah, a child, five seven, really small. I, the, you know, the internet might not be super <laughs> accurate. <graphic> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is 5-7. Okay. All right.
5: Wow. All right. Weak, feeble.
1: I'm flipping gears right back to football. Uh, this is from Cole about offensive line play. Cole. Cole. So this week, I don't know if you guys, this is me talking, but like this week, did you guys see Evan Neal, the Bama tackle, said that he could play either tackle spot, either guard spot, and he would still make an impact? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cole writes, the thing that stuck out to me about that is the fact that Evan Neal is six foot seven, and I started looking through NFL starting guards, and there is hardly anyone above six five or six six. And like Neal played guard at Bama, but maybe I'm overthinking this. But I'm curious, do you think you could be too tall to play guard in the NFL? <laughs> you start well, Solak, too, tall. The too tall. This sounds like a
4: question for
5: Robert Mays. Mays
4: loves talking about how tall people are. So um, I
5: want to throw that to you first. Yeah. I once, I once, Mays once tried to convince me that you can't be jacked if you're short. He was like, you'd only be jacked if you're tall. And I'm pretty sure you were there, DK. <laughs> that's just, and not. you did not rise from my offense. Offent- whatever.
1: Mays also what spent like me? 10 years trying to figure out why there were no tall quarterbacks. And then we just had an episode of Hard Knocks where John Gruden just said the answer and, and his mind was kind of
5: blown. <laughs> I just, he was just like, I was like, you're He guy jacked. Like, he's not jacked. He's short. I was like, that's not what Jack means, but this is an aside. Uh, the answer is like, yes, a little bit. Like, it's not that like, you, you, if you're six seven, you're going to be a bad guard. It's that the best guards don't struggle with leverage because you're going to get right. these these defensive tackles. They come really hot off off the snap, one step, shoulders are down, hips are low. They are trying to get underneath you, and if you don't have a, a low center of gravity and you can't drop your hips, which is tough for tall guys to drop their hips and anchor against that guy, he's going to put pressure in the lap of your quarterback immediately. Interior pressure is a nightmare to deal with because it is there right now, right in the lap. Can't step up. It sucks. And so a le- height can be a disadvantage on the interior because you give up that leverage point. You give up that immediate interior pressure. Whereas on the outside length, which is usually correlated with height, right? The taller you are, the longer your arms usually are is a big advantage because you can go and contact that edge rusher before he gets to you. That doesn't help as much in the interior because the defense tackles already on top of you. He's already right there. And so just by selection bias, we just typically, if a guy's six seven, we don't put him on the interior. That only happened at Alabama because they have Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick right. Wills and yada yada whatever. Right? At any other school, that six seven guy is going at tackle now because that's where his length is valuable. And so we we always push those tall guys to tackle because that's where their length helps. It doesn't help as much in the interior. It actually can hurt them at times. And then as the NFL draft process goes, the good tackles tend to be the six seven guys, and the good interior guys don't really have any six seven dudes to, to to even tap in on, let alone deal with the disadvantages. So it's not that like. Being 6'7 makes you bad. Is that before you even get to the draft, we're trying to move those 6'7 guys to tackles to just avoid the problem in the first place.
1: I just want to make sure I understood that point. You're basically saying that when you play guard, because it's so tight in the middle, a collision is unavoidable. And so yeah. when you're yeah. engaged with that guy, shorter arms actually, it's like a bench press. Like low shorter man arms, it's easier low to man move weight. Yeah, low, low man, man wins. And yeah. Length but the collision isn't guaranteed at the yeah. edges. So you need long arms to make sure there is contact because you don't want them to get around you.
5: Yeah, and you can you can initiate it right exactly. You can get around them. When you're long on the outside, you're making that corner that the edge has to get around bigger. You're making it longer. You're like, you're you're increasing the distance the edge has to go upfield to get around you, which then makes it harder for him to turn that corner, get flat to the quarterback, and make the sack. That's why your Jordan Milata's and your Orlando Browns of the world are so valuable. It's because like Milota was starting for the Eagles when he wasn't even good. It was just he was enormous. And when you're enormous as offensive tackle, it's really hard to get around that guy. <laughs>
1: All right, that was a good question from Cole, and now we know Cole is Robert Mace's burner email address. So that was good to know. Okay. Secret
5: Cole, we got
1: it. We we got, we got an, email, an email from Steve. Steve, we know. Steve says the last year the consensus Schadenfreude pick was Najee Harris to the Steelers because the Steelers taking a running back in the first round instead of alignment. In twenty nineteen, the Schadenfreude, wait, Schadenfreude Heifetz, pick what?
0: Heifetz, explain what Schadenfreude is.
1: Yeah, some of the listeners might not know what Schadenfreude is. I thought it was, okay. When you take, you know, when you like see other people's misery and it makes you happy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> for example, oh, when okay. the Giants
1: took Daniel Jones at number six and everyone made fun of me and the Giants for a year, or when the Bills took Josh Allen in 2018 and we all made fun of them and then did it again for two they years got until the last we were off. But yeah. you j- take the joy in other people being dumb.
0: Was the Steelers, was Najee Harris really a shot in Freda to pick? I
1: don't know not, if it was. Um, not to the same extent, probably in the analytics com- Twitter world, but not in real life. Yeah. Steve says, what is the 2022 First round pairing of a player in a team that would give either us or the world like the most shot in Freud, like the most like joy out of them being dumb.
0: Um so mine's kind of a, a, a backwards pick. I, I think my shot in Freud is if the Packers do not select a wide receiver.
1: <laughs> oh shit, that's what I had too. <laughs> I had if the Packers just take so a defensive tackle and a linebacker <laughs> with their two first uh, round yeah. picks.
4: Yeah. Um I I interpreted I I must have misread this because I thought we were supposed to pick the uh, the players that our teams would pick that would make us the most miserable. That and also so that's, works. That's how I interpreted this question. My first thought was if the Seahawks at number nine pick Sam Howell, who I think is like a second rounder, <laughs> I would be very sad. And then also for some reason, and Ben, you can you can give your take on this. Uh, Trevor Penning is getting mocked inside the top 10 and I could just see the Seahawks taking him at number 9 and I would just be yeah. so sad about that. Real I'm like, physical
5: Dude. player uh, we love his demeanor, I love the cut of his jib I uh, yeah. you know, think he's going to add a lot to our running game. Uh, yeah, we think it's going to be a good good culture addition to our team here and they just can't is, pass block for 5 straight years
4: Yeah, this is exactly what I'm hearing John Schneider saying on draft night and like I just think he's a fringe first
5: rounder so like I could absolutely see the Seahawks taking him top 10 yeah, okay. to me, no. To me, the the obvious answer is pick it at six to the Panthers. That's objectively yeah. hilarious. Yeah. If the Panthers miss, uh, no, if they trade uh, up at, for him. Yeah, right. Yeah, if, if, any if team they team trading up for get. quarterback. If they, is they get also Pickett pretty funny after having intentionally passed on last year's draft class because they wanted to see what Sam Darnold had in the tank. After <laughs> no free agent quarterbacks <laughs> wanted to go there because it's you know horribly run, and just for Matt Rule to sit down and be like, "Man, we're really excited to get Kenny Pickett," you know. I met Kenny when he was 17. Everyone in the beat room was like, "We know. We've all seen the photos. We knew this was going to happen. It's the worst thing ever." Kenny it to the Panthers would be great.
1: <laughs> okay, we have a we have an email from Danny from Washington. Um, okay, this uh, is me. I Danny this from
5: Washington. I, this is me. I put. Danny. I
1: saw Peter Schrager.
5: That could be either today. of us. By the way, it, we're
1: both Danny from Washington.
4: That's wow.
0: We've
1: never
4: that's...
0: talked about that. We've never thought of that before. That's actually kind of wild. <laughs> Wow. I thought he was talking about me.
1: I thought he was about, I, I was talking about myself. Wow, that's yeah, that's kind of my I just listened in DC
4: for
5: everyone who's confused. Also, is, is this is wait, this is the Schefter one, isn't this Andy?
1: Oh no, no, I have. I was going to read this Schrager tweet, and I was going to just like like. Oh I, my bad. Desmond Ritter, who's the Cincinnati quarterback, was asked by Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football, and they asked he, him a song you want to hear, any song, and he said Avril Lavigne's "Complicated," <laughs> and he said I'm an early two thousands kid. And I listened to that one in my mom's car as a kid. And, you know, the whole draft process, it's kind of complicated. Deep.
0: I I like it more and more. I hope
1: the Steelers draft (laughs) it. It's a great song. (laughs) Are we allowed to play that without getting sued for like three seconds?
0: For three seconds, we could probably get away with it. But is that really an enjoyable experience for the people at home?
1: Yeah, because that'll get in the like, so complicated. And like, that's it. That's all everyone wants.
0: Yeah, maybe. She just came out with a new album that people apparently enjoy.
1: She had a new album?
0: Yeah, she did. I saw her. Shout she out opened Avril. for the Backstreet Boys when I was Still in college. Still hard at work.
1: She, she opened is. for the Backstreet Boys when you were in college?
0: Yeah. It's like twenty fifteen or something. Wow. Fourteen, maybe.
1: Yeah. Shout out Avril Lavigne. Okay. Well, while we're while we're here, I have another one. This is from Andy. This one's Andy like Andy. And he writes, I used to produce sports radio shows and have a personal Adam Schefter story.
4: This is actually nice. this is applicable because Adam Schefter signed for like ten million a year to
5: Yeah, break your it. beers. After we had a whole after we had a whole episode picking on Schefter, round of applause to Schefter. Get in the bag. Congratulations, Schefter, on the yeah. extension. So great. Excited for, for, for ten more years of us getting to do that episode. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yeah
0: my liver is upset
1: <laughs> i hope this is the only time i ever do this in the history of our podcast but i might read a tweet that i had of my like because i just made i tweeted about adam schefter's deal like it was adam schefter Toot toot. i just right, like I, I wrote he has reached agreement with adam schefter and i had to make sure to have like the the nfl insider i had like six commas you i did. had the four yeah. dots i was like everyone listening would it be was well comment.
5: done it really it hit it all was, it hit all the notes it was
0: it was worthy of drinking a, uh, an entire hurricane. And yeah, I thought the I thought the
4: fact that you photoshopped a picture of Adam Schefter into a ESPN jersey was even better.
0: I, uh, I
1: was I was really I got really into it. I was really okay. Anyway, <laughs> Andy writes: I used to produce a sports radio show and have a personal Adam Schefter story. My first job was on a show where the host was a former Denver Denver Bronco, and the host knew Schefter from when Schefter covered the team. I reached out to Schefter for a radio hit, and he said he could give us five minutes during his interview. In the middle of a response. Schefter attempted to quietly order a chicken burrito at the USB. <laughs> I love this. He's, and Andy writes, I don't remember the exact context, but it basically was something like, and they're already all over the cornerback market, chicken burrito, with a focus on someone who can cover <laughs> the slot. Uh, good. Now,
3: this Andy is good says, content.
1: Andy, I followed up with Andy and asked him if we could get the clip.
3: Oh, Andy really? said
1: that the clip is long lost and gone. Oh, However, another it. show on that network, it is Arizona's, sorry, 98.7 FM Arizona's sports station. Another show on that station clipped just him saying chicken burrito and used it as a drop. So we actually <laughs> have the audio <laughs> if him saying just chicken burrito. Yes. And
5: Craig, can we play that? I'm excited.
4: Yes, we can. Chicken burrito? Great story. I love this. Short and sweet. This is great. I, I love this because like big time reporters doing radio hits is like, the, uh, it's hard to get a guy like that to be on your radio show, you know? And so like, just the fact he's like multitasking, he's, so busy. So, <laughs> he's just on cruise Shef, control. Right. Shefty is such a maniac. I feel like that dude is just constantly
5: talking to somebody while doing <laughs> yeah. his, while going through now, his literal daily, he's like just shredding paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know how you randomly see Shefter just like on like a, like he's on like a video show and he's like on FaceTime. I yeah, was, yeah. we're at the combine. And I was walking from Radio Row to the podiums. And he's on FaceTime on a show, like, in, like, a very trafficked hallway where, like, people are constantly walking by. Like, I, like, was so close to being like, hey. And then I was like, oh, no, you're live on a show right now. Like, this, you're just <laughs> doing this here. Like, you've got to be in this area right now, I guess. Schefter's so, it's, on it's live incredible.
1: television is just on his phone the whole time. It's, like, doing it. On taxes. ESPN. I, also, I think I told you this. I interviewed Schefter once for a story I was writing a few years ago. And I called him right in, like, middle March, free agency insanity, and he had no Wi-Fi. And it was, like, the funniest. I was trying not to laugh at him, but, like, he had like he was trying to f- get his Wi-Fi fixed, and it's, like, March, like, 14th, and just seeing Schefter exist for, like, an hour without Wi-Fi was pretty incredible. Ooh, Can God. you imagine be
0: being his wife and going out to dinner with
1: him? <laughs> Dude, he broke the Andrew Luck retirement at his, his mother-in-law's 75th birthday party. He left to do that. Oh, man anyway shout out that's to what the money's for <laughs> yeah. okay we another email from, shout out uh andy from that one that's an incredible email okay we got an email from alex
4: alex alex alex, from <laughs> alex. by the way we actually got a couple of emails about the, about yeah the code so pink. we
1: for those who don't know we got an email two jargons and a lie a, a couple weeks ago about from a from a nurse and I, it was a male nurse who said that male nurses use the term code pink to describe a, a like a hot daughter hot, family member yeah hot family member yes. is here which is pretty crude and crass but i mean i believe it uh we yeah. apparently we got a lot of corrections on that one from more professional nurses <laughs> well the, guests, just to, to be care. clear
4: apparently different hospitals have different code systems it depends on what hospital oh,
1: that's confusing you're i'm kind of surprised it's not standardized but I, know. I guess there's a lot of healthcare. it's surprising alex says my wife is a nurse practitioner so i was interested to hear her reaction to the nursing jargon I was surprised she got the code Pink was real right away, since I <laughs> figured that would be exclusive to the male nurses. But apparently code pink is an official code that does get used over the PA system for a lost child. Lost or stolen child.
4: <laughs> like stolen baby, which apparently is a thing that happens.
0: I feel like that should be like a code something worse than pink. If there's a stolen <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah, code right?
5: triple black. Cold, yeah, I like what Solak said black, black Diamond. <laughs>
1: We, Craig and Deacon, I were just Con like, five. we had no idea what to do. And Solak was like, well, orange is fake. Cause that's like too many syllables for a code. Codes are important. And I was like, oh wow, that's a smart thing to say.
5: I just think, I think, I just wonder, like, I wonder mentally for the guy who told us about Code Pink being a hot person. Imagine if he, he like, he gets Code Pink over the radio. Next time he gets, he's listening to this show and he like gets up, he's like, oh, a hot person. He starts like walking at like a brisk pace. And then he remembers that. Code Pink might also mean a lost child and just redoubles his pace. He's like, all right, this this is actually serious now. Here we gotta go. It's very funny to me to think of that that progression. As he's looking
0: for like the hot daughter, he just passes a baby who's just like (laughs) roaming around and doesn't even
4: notice. This is exactly what Alex wrote. He goes, I can't stop laughing, picturing some horny male nurse looking around for a hot daughter when really there's some poor child looking for their parents in a hospital. Get out of my way, kid.
1: (laughs) Have you seen the hot daughter, kid? Hey, kid. Hey, go hey baby. baby. Hey baby.
4: <laughs> like the old Dave Chappelle thing.
1: Hey, hey baby. Shout out to all the um very professional nurses who just spend their time looking <coughs> for children instead of um, other things.
3: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. This
4: is great. Ethan. Ethan. This is great. This, this was is a well-actually. Literally subject uh, title here was a pedantic email about jargon. I want to find out.
1: You, you found this email. You did yeah. the rare sift through the email account, which usually is my job. And I'm going to let you read this because you seem to be really tickled by this. One. I think
4: it was hilarious. Uh, first of all, Ethan was extremely kind. I don't want anyone to take this as he was being a dick. He's basically tongue in cheek and...
0: No, it was great. This
4: is a good email. Um, He says, I love two jargons and a lie. And rather than continue to feel like a ghost and yell, that's not jargon in my car on the way to work, I decided to send you an email to clarify the difference between jargon, slang, and idioms. It's important. Some background. Ethan has a PhD in communication and has been a professor for five years. So this makes a lot of sense that this would get stuck in his Cra? Is that the expression? Is that an yeah. idiom? That's a, is it idiom, idiom? or yeah. slang. That's I don't know. Idiom. We'll find out. Idiom, I think maybe. Slang? I don't know. I jargon slang. says Ethan refers to words or expressions invented by members of of a profession, hobby, or group, where the use is standard. In football, something like yak or a dot cover two would be jargon. Slang, on the other hand, refers to informal or non standard use of existing words or expressions by a group of people who understand the non standard meaning. In football, something like pigskin or gridiron would be slang. This is interesting. And then finally, idioms are phrases whose meaning is culturally understood but differs from the literal definition of the phrase. Most, most of the phrases you hear in two jargons and a lie are idioms. Burp the baby, has plenty of sand in his pants, a covered wagon on the Audubon, has tight skin. These are all idioms. None of this all matters, of course, is Ethan. <laughs> I, and I hope you enjoyed the lesson. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for giving me something to look forward to several days a week. So this is really two idioms and a lie.
0: But it was actually two idiots and a (laughs) lie.
5: Yes. I Listen, I'm going to hold these definitions so strong (laughs) so that the next time anybody uses slang, jargon, or idiom incorrectly, I can just hammer them. Like, Ethan was so graceful, and I'm going to use (laughs) none of that grace the next time somebody uses one of these phrases incorrectly. But I love this. This is the exact sort of email that I would send. Because, like, being... I, like being accurate with these like synonyms to me is, is very cool. So I very much appreciate that. They're, they're not great. synonyms. They're
1: different. the exact op- Yeah, that you was know what I mean. I, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely the wrong word.
3: Uh, <laughs> I just want to be clear. Ethan is going to be ghost,
1: ghost yelling at us that they're absolutely terms. not synonyms. Yeah, that was definitely well, don't mean the same thing.
5: Um, Closely anyway. related. <laughs> Have any of you guys seen Archer with the there's
1: a there's an episode of Archer. that's like a mini plot where he like gets stranded on an island and he's trying to communicate with like people who can't speak English. But he's realizing that like English you can't actually use without idioms. And they understand English perfectly well, literally, but none of them get idioms and he can't communicate anyway, even though they speak English. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's incredible. I love Uh, idioms. I also I also am reminded of my cousin Vinny, because here's the thing. I love this email from Ethan. We're like totally gonna keep calling it two jargons so and a lie.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah, all that said, it's like it's you know, seen my
1: cousin Vinny was like, yeah. Mister v- Mister Gambini. That was a thoughtful, well laid out, lucid objection. Overruled. <laughs> like I just, we're gonna keep calling it that.
0: Yeah, I, I just, even if it's inaccurate. We're, we're moving forward. That's but what shout out.
1: Him. That was a very and he was very nice about it too. He I was. actually cut about yeah. a couple compliments. He was definitely he, not rude
4: whatsoever. I just want to point that out because it was a funny email too. I mean, at the end, he literally said, None of this
0: matters. I hope you
4: enjoyed
1: this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really He's a good professor. Can we yeah. do rate my Do you think we could fight Ethan or rate my professor and give him five stars? <laughs> Probably. Yeah,
5: let's do it. <laughs> we'll go into the. He account. sent me an email teaching me what the word jargon meant. I don't he, know what he teaches. Or actually, he did case, say it, Not even but in his class. His email. It yeah. was great.
1: It should be like an archaeology or something.
4: I don't know. This oh no! Is the, the school of hard knocks, guys. Yeah, how's that okay. for jargon? Hard knocks,
1: idiom. So, well, for uh, in Ethan's account, we're going to do a special. Uh, we'll do jargon. a special segment of two idioms and a lie, on Ethan's account. Yeah. Shout out, mm-hmm. Ethan. So yeah. let's do two idioms and a lie. We'll start with DK. Uh, DK, so who has the who, who made ben. it this week? Ben has it. I've got
4: the non-football related ones, or I okay. should say, the so, non-NFL related ones.
1: Give us two two uh-huh. idioms and a lie
5: for the I, two idiots today on two idioms and a lie. We have. <laughs> Taffy pole, bundle of wires, smooth pedal.
3: What? Ben, taffy pole?
5: Taffy? Taffy pole. Okay. Bundle of wires. Smooth pedal. Those are all idiots. I can't right? tell if this is just your Philadelphia accent. Are you saying Taffy Pole or Pull? Po- Pull pole, pole. P-U-L-L. Oh, yeah. Taffy and that's, pole. That's pole. Yeah, that's sorry. That that's central PA is what that is. My <laughs> my my Water. dad can't say Water. pole. Pool and pull as yeah. three different words. Yeah, so my like, family do, from Pittsburgh can't do pool. What do you yeah.
1: drink out yeah. of a tap, Soleck?
5: What wat, water.
1: Uh, are <laughs> yeah. you one of them who says witter? water? The Del- you guys water. Don't know this—the Delaware water. I Valley- don't. The- I
5: don't. I don't do water. I'm, I'm from like Northeast PA, so I'm not like that close to Philly. But I do like reduce the T. I say like water, like W-A-D-E-R. Oh, okay. No,
1: There are people yeah. in the Delaware Valley Gap that literally just say like water.
5: Water. So Ben, can you run through them one more time? Sorry, Kathy. Pull. <laughs> Pull, bundle of wires, smooth pedal. This is really hard. I don't yeah. know what taffy pull go,
1: would mean. Is taffy is like saltwater taffy? Is that when you like, like pull? Like, you know what, how you, what know how that you do the taffy thing? Yeah, like that's throw what I Over
0: the yeah. the like thing on the wall, and you stretch it out. I don't know if it means he's got long arms, or I don't know what a
1: taffy pull. A tightly like wound. I'm not a taffy guy. My dad's like a dentist. Like, I I'm like. Not. I think
0: good saltwater taffy <laughs> yeah. from like. It's kind of it's kind of like kitschy now, but it, back at San Francisco. You could get like good saltwater taffy on the pier.
1: What um, what is sorry? What's a taffy pole again? It's you you, you pull it know. apart like it's like a marshmallow. When they make
0: the taffy, they stretch it. There's like a thing on the wall that you like wrap it around and pull like a, it a hook Yeah, around and pull. Yeah, hook. And that's it's like one of those. Like what football? And strangely would satisfying that be.
4: things to watch.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Um, I don't need, bundle okay. of wires is what. As a bundle of wires, like the kid's brain is scrambled, like you can't, he can't untangle and make a decision. He doesn't know the right way to go.
1: I don't. know. And smooth pedal is also like, is that like a gas pedal? Like you going going real fast? Like he can.
0: He exce-
5: accelerates slowly, or he. I think that's the favorite. One. I am so happy with how this is going.
0: This is one of your better ones, Ben. I'm not gonna lie. let's go, baby. I'm not gonna lie. I'm
1: gonna idiot. <laughs> is this like the spelling bee? Can we get him to use them in a sentence?
4: I know one. I
0: know <laughs> it's one the language
1: of origin. Real.
4: I don't know the other two though. And I'm not going to give it away.
1: I think Smooth pedal I would is hope fake. not. I think Smooth pedal's fake.
4: Craig?
0: Heifetz on Smooth pedal. Smooth pedal. He's got a... I'm trying to think some some fucking dude... He's got a Smooth pedal. My rule in, in this... In 1997, yeah. with his khakis on and a polo and yeah. his belt. Yeah, he's he's, like, he's got a Smooth is, right.
5: pedal. Yeah, channel a scout and then just say the three things out loud. And then right. everyone he's feels a wrong is the lie.
1: Yeah, like Carson Strong's a bundle of wires up there. <laughs> Bundle of Wires gonna, sounds so fake, though. <laughs> Bundle, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, no one knows, knows what it means. Knows, didn't but it you mean? didn't even know out. what a taffy
5: pole was. <laughs> I,
1: he's a, he's a, I don't even know how you would use taffy pole. My issue Cheat. is that two of them are like, I don't even get it, and one's very obvious, and so it feels like the obvious one is the fake one. But now they're playing reverse psychology. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going with the Wires well, one. If the Wires one deep. is real, I'm going to feel like an idiot. But I'm going with the Wires uh, one. You're
4: changing your answer? Oh,
1: no. You changing never change his your answer. answer, do you? No. I'm sticking with Smooth pedal.
0: I think Taffy pulls real because I think it sounds too out of left field for Ben to even think of it. I think he would think we wouldn't pick that one because it sounds too out of left field. So I'm gonna say Taffy pulls real. I, I think bundle of wires sounds the most accurate to me, like a real term. I'm gonna say smooth pedal's fake. Yeah,
1: smooth pedal's Kay. fake.
5: Got him. Yep. Fuck. So smooth pedal is absolutely real. Yeah. Uh, pedal, it, like a corner. when a corner is back? Oh my god. And it's right. His upper half is staying, oh. very controlled, very quiet, right? He sees, he's balanced. He's not turkey jerky. He's got a smooth pedal right so he's good in the back pedal that's not even an idiom uh, that's a
1: descriptor yeah.
5: right
0: <laughs> is that an idiom or is that let's have Ethan. Sh- let us know <laughs> is that
5: jargon bingo.
0: that's truly <laughs> jargon the one time we played two wow. idioms, I'm like, <laughs> you give
5: us a jargon wow that was i had fake i planted ethan ethan was a plant. he was me all along <laughs> you're ethan <laughs> <vivid>. <laughs> um a, a taffy pole is a mayokism and it refers no. to when offensive line versus defensive line, there's like a ton of activity. You just like pushing and shoving, but like nobody really goes anywhere, right? Because the taffy <laughs> pull, you're like throwing it over the hook, pulling it back, throwing it over the hook, pulling it back. It's a ton of effort, but you're just like yanking the taffy around. That's such you know I mean? an esoteric
0: term. Mm. Like, why would you yes. just call
5: that tug of war or something Right, like that? I've never understood taffy pull. I've been saving it for a while. Uh, wow. I don't think it's a good idiom for what he's trying to, de- or a good, yeah, good idiom or whatever for what he's trying to describe, but taffy pull. Bundle of the wires is completely made up. When I <sighs> said that. I was thinking about like a guy's build, like he's like like he's thin, he's like wiry, he's long, he's like yeah. a bundle of wires. And once uh, Craig said that mental thing, I was like, oh, I've got him, baby. He's come up with his own <laughs> definitions. But we're good. That was a good one. You incepted him. Yeah, Dude. always good when they come up with the explanation for themselves. Love that. That was great. All right, one um, jargon, one, play? one
1: jargon, one idiom, and, a, and one lie. Okay, yeah, you want you let's let pull one from the email. People say keep sending us your two jargons and a lie to ringer fantasy football okay, Call so, them two jargons and a lie in their subject, even if they're idioms.
4: Believe it or not, we had two different people, at least. I haven't actually gone through all of them yet. I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i made a folder of all the two jargons in a lie, by the way. There's very many of them, and we appreciate that. There's two in this last week of Aussie Rules football. So, <laughs> since it's not the NFL, <laughs> but it's still football-related, uh, from Ashley, number one, Falcon. Number two, Top Gun. Number three, Hanger. Hmm. These are rules. These are no. These are jargons or idioms from okay. Australian rules football.
5: Hanger feels real. And those all Top Gun references. Is it hanger with an A or hanger with an E? Yeah, you know, like an air hanger or...
4: with an E. And it, 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 they are very much all Top Gun naval. AV I feel either. like Falcon
5: like, and Top Gun, just two
1: things that are in the air. One of them triggered the other to be a lie.
5: I think Falcon is the lie. I do think it's Top Gun. Do they falcon. have falcons
1: they? in Australia? You're asking the wrong guy.
5: They got They got kangaroos. Thanks, you ben? Kangaroos? This is not helpful. Yeah, I got you, baby. People like Top Gun down there? Uh, do they <laughs> wait,
1: do they have falcons in falcon, Australia? Did you know that there was like, do you know Australia had like massive megafauna? Like they had like giant <laughs> um We've got uh, off the rails. <laughs> they had mega No, they had megafauna like like 30, 40,000 years ago, they had like giant um what are they called? Not mar- yeah, marsupials. And they had the, um, oh, no, what's the one with the pouch? But it's not the kangaroo. kangaroo. The, not all the, marsupials Not have the pouches. koala.
5: Wallaby. Had- Wombat.
1: Yeah, they had giant wombats butt. and like like elephant-sized animals. And then the earliest seafaring people, they believe, came over from somewhere in Southeast Asia and actually got to the Australian continent and were the first people there like 30,000, 40,000 years ago and hunted them all out of existence.
5: Oh, man. I could go. Okay, so what's your so guess? Falcon answer? is a lie? <laughs> Falcon's a lie. No one's interested. <laughs> That's
0: fascinating. Falcon.
4: Okay.
5: Top Gun. Falcon.
4: Hyfet's got it. Top Gun is incorrect. It's a lie. Uh, Nabbit. So, so, here You're are the explanations. To me about the megafauna. <laughs> here are the explanations. So, uh, Falcon is getting hit on the head with the ball. <laughs> Which, oh, my like, gosh. Like a dive-bombing Falcon, maybe? Um That's funny. Top Gun... His explanation, his or her explanation from Ashley was rookie of the year candidate. Um, And then hanger Mm. is a spectacular mark. And I had to Google what mark is because that's not jargon that we know. And that is (laughs) apparently a it's when a player catches a ball that has been kicked more than 15 meters. So like basically a deep shot from a kick.
5: Mm, Spectacular. Mm. I like how people are getting hit on the head enough that they had to come up with a term for people getting hit on the head. Yeah, what's going on? That's a good (laughs) that's a good game. That's a good sport. If somebody's getting hit on the head so many times, like we gotta come up with a with a with a fun term for this to make it feel better. Well, we'll do
4: another one real quick here. You guys gotta speed up the the decision making process on this one. From John. More Australian rules, football jargon, slash idioms, whatever. Number one, selling the candy. Number two, Chinarnar he had wow. he had to give me the explanation of how to pronounce this. It's it's spelled Chin Anna. Chinana. But I think it's in Australian, Craig, maybe you can help me do this. Chinarnar. <laughs> <laughs> it's chin Okay, it's you, what are
1: you what are you doing right now?
4: Okay. In in American English it would be pronounced chinana. Okay. But since they pronounce they like roll the R's when they're when they're using like ends and whatnot. So it's like Chinarnar? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. You remember <laughs> 30 seconds ago I when was like, like speed this happening. up? <laughs> and number three, not my smashed avo, like short for avocado. Wait, I'm, are we talking about
0: football,
5: or is this just Australian terms?
4: Australian rules football terms.
5: Okay, okay, okay. Okay, there's no way chinarnar is fake. If it's the, fake, is the greatest fake. thing anybody's <laughs> yeah. ever done.
4: The first uh, one's fake. Selling, the, selling the candy. And what's the last? Not one? Not my smashed avo.
1: Actually, the third one's probably fake.
0: Not my smashed avo. I want the you to say fake.
4: chinarnar again. <laughs> I think selling the candy is fake. I think not my smashed avo is fake. Okay. It is not my smashed avo is fake. Hey, go birds. Baby. All right. So selling the candy is often used to describe a takeout. The player with the ball advances forward. As an opponent comes to tackle the player, the player will start moving their body as if they're going to kick the ball. And then the last second will fake and continue running toward the opponent. This is basically what Kenny Pickett did in a college game this last year. He faked slide. Ah, kept going, the fake slide. Wow. Selling the candy get it kind of um the Chinarnar, which i'm sure i'm just absolutely fucking massacring. Chinarnar? yeah no i'm absolutely massacring the pronunciation i apologize for that uh also known as the Czech side banana which is great is a specific type of kicking action that allows the player to kick the ball through the goals usually from really acute angles that would be difficult to do in a standard kicking motion does this mean he's like bending
1: it like beckham this is like uh, checkside banana where, they spit,
4: where you got to bend the bullet.
1: I can't believe <laughs> yes. you guys wanted to hear more of this instead of my megafauna
0: facts. <laughs> this is, the let megafauna are this cool. Podcast. There were giant
1: komodo dragons. There were big bears. Like 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 there were. It was huge, giant animals. It was like that that Will Smith movie where he comes back to Earth and it's like the same, okay. but all the animals are bigger. Next it was like week.
5: that. Next week, High Fitz, bring us two megafaunas in a line. Yes, <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> Stegosaurodon massive wallaby and <laughs> two giant worm yeah and, yes. I, and okay. we will play two megafauna's in a
1: live. i we're gonna play two megafauna's in a live okay thank you dk thank you Solak. thank you craig thank you to australian rules football that was fun thank you Chinarnar, Chinarnar. i don't know thank you to <laughs> Megaphona, r.i.p thank you to ethan for the two idioms jargon slang explanation thank you lauren lauren thank lauren. you wild child Go to nfldraft.theringer.com for me. Just
0: blow right past. Yeah,
1: We're going to do a fundraiser for the extinct megafauna.
3: Mm.
5: It's sounds not going like, to work. Uh, sounds like some sort of scheme laundering. That's going to be a good Jurassic Park movie in twenty years.
1: <laughs> One of the favorite, my favorite jokes I've ever seen play out in person was like I had a, a friend who was flirting with like this very hot British guy, and she was like, "What's your favorite documentary?" And he was like, Oh my god, that's easy. British accent. And he's like, Jurassic Park. And she was like I-. And she yeah. didn't know what to di- she didn't know what to say. What's the code when there's a hot British guy in the room? <laughs> um no Code anybody?
5: Anybody? Union Jack. I don't know. count Seventeen seventy six. Okay. All right.
0: We'll check back in with a better joke next week.
4: Craig <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> shut it down. Goodbye, everyone.